0: If you're looking for a new way to support Side Mission, check out W.GG, an energy supplement company trying to make a difference. Make sure to use code Mission for 15% off your order. Thank you, W, for sponsoring this episode, and we hope you enjoy.
1: Welcome in to the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Kyle Lynch and Matt Beck. And today, fellas, it's the big one. We are talking about one of the biggest releases of the year, possibly the most anticipated release of the year,
2: Spider-Man 2.
1: And just spoiler alert for everyone involved, we're going to be talking very heavy in depth about the story, as well as we all just love the game. So spoiler alert, we all think the game is absolutely phenomenal. It's a massive step up from an already good first game that came out in 2018 and the Miles Morales spinoff that came out in 2020. And there's a lot to talk about. This is going to be a long episode, so get you some snacks, get you some bevvies, because this episode is going to be a doozy. So, Kyle, let's just go ahead and get it out the way again. It's the low-hanging fruit. We just got done bitching about Lords of the Fallen for looking like a shitbag game, and it really does look like a shitbag game. Um, but, But this game, thankfully, does not have that problem. This game looks awesome, runs awesome, and especially in performance mode. There, there's only one real downgrade in this game, and I'll let you do the honors of, of roasting it because it's funny every time you do roast it. But Kyle, ninety-nine percent of this game looks fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, it really does. I, now I I wanna I wanna start off by saying if if Breath of the Wild inspired a bunch of games to take mechanics from it, Ratchet and Clank Rift apart inspired every next-gen game to do this fucking portal shit because i've seen that so much (laughs) since rift apart and rift apart coined that because every game since then has done this portal stuff where they're like hey look how fast our load times are and this game was no exception but i just wanted to bring that up because it was funny that insomniac also created rift apart but this game is probably the best looking game i have ever seen i think in terms of graphical quality And for reference, I played this on fidelity mode with the VR uncapped, so I was allowed to hit 60 or above frames. This game is undoubtedly the game of the year. I'm sorry. It is. I I love Zelda, but it's game of the year for me. It it looks that good. It plays that good. The story is that good. We're still a month and a half away, but it's it's game of the year. That's... That's what I got. I got to say that.
1: Yeah, this is one of those where, like, I feel like we can go ahead and just stop the year right here. Um, That rhymed, bars. Uh, But I, I, as much as I hate calling a race early, because, again, you mentioned it, we do still have a couple bigger releases down the road still. And we've obviously had some big releases already that have come out this year. I genuinely do think this is the best game that's come out this year from top to bottom. And I agree with you on that. Um, the one big you didn't mention it, but the one big uh the one big downgrade I think that we could talk about let's just get out of the way. What the fuck happened to m j in this game? Why does she look like a why does she look like an alien like <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go full conspiracy theory with y'all like I told Tom this a listener of the podcast. I told Tom this one day I was like, you know an excellent surprise would be if we find out that oh this Mary Jane that we've seen the whole time. Uh, has actually been in, you know, infected with a symbiote, and that's why she looks so weird, and that part of the story beat is going to be getting the symbiote out of her, and she goes back to looking like she did the first game. And I thought, late in the game, when Venom is introduced, which, by the way, again, we said spoiler alerts, so, you know, just know we're going to talk in depth about the story. That's your last warning from me. Um, I thought that I might have called that on accident and I was very disappointed when you get done with that fight with MJ after she is infected and becomes Scream, uh, I was very disappointed to find out that that was not true. <laughs> so I don't quite know what their thought process was to making her go from a, a perfectly beautiful you know, girl, a perfectly beautiful love interest in the first game, to looking like the alien monster she looks like in this game. But that's all I'm going to say about it, and then we can move on. So Matt... I have to say, man, I think one thing I love most about this game, it feels like the gameplay has really been streamlined. Like we we talk a lot about, uh, about how games, like I think Armored Core was a great example of, it's a game that it keeps you in the gameplay as often as it can, so that way it maximizes holding your attention. I feel like this game does a lot of streamlining because instead of having to bring up a weapon wheel to select a new gadget, they give you fewer gadgets and they tie them all to the R1 button in some way, shape, and form. I feel like that's a microcosm of the rest of the gameplay as a whole because I feel like the gameplay was already really good in 2018's game and in Miles Morales, and it feels like this is a big step up. I'm interested to hear your thoughts there.
2: Yeah, and I fully agree. Um, in a game like this, when you actually have the combat system work so well and you introduce the, the new tools at your disposal, along with the different combo abilities that you'll get through the uh, skill tree as you level up, uh, they implemented it really well to go with the combat, and it works so well because just like you'd be in the middle of just mashing square, but you're, you know, getting your ass kicked pretty much because you just can't keep doing that. They got like the perfect way to dodge using the Spidey Sense, just like they did previously. And I love the introduction the introduction of the of the new tools here and the different abilities, which is um, and, and insane because it's split between Miles and Peter and then both together. Uh, they mass improved upon the combat and the web slinging here as well. Um just everything looks so good runs so well i thought i just love the combat i would literally just be playing through the story but any time that a uh, an option for to stop a crime popped up i would immediately go to that because i enjoyed the combat here so freaking much especially the combat animations like insomniac really outdid themselves for the previous game because i was very impressed with the first spider-man and miles morales but here it works so well, especially when you are in the same vicinity as the other Spider-Man, and in the combat you work together. It, I, I, I cannot gush enough about this game. <laughs> Yeah, I agree, man. I think that
1: so much of this game is an improvement from what was already a really good game in 2018, and you mentioned as well with Miles Morales. I've always said that if Miles Morales also was a 20-hour game, I think we would look at it as better than Spider-Man 2018. Uh, But I think that as a whole, I like how things have been improved. And Kyle, another thing we discussed earlier, it feels like the side content as a whole has really been improved. It feels like... Instead of it just being, go collect backpacks, go take photos, uh, go find these stashes, go make this horrific musical beat that you have to make in Miles Morales that ends up not being worth the fucking time whatsoever, Uh, instead of all that, it feels like a lot of these side missions that you get to do, it feels like a lot of them have heart. A lot of them have a really good, smaller story to tell, and I love that. I love that it feels strong, and I love also that, as Matt mentioned, crimes, I love that crimes aren't a part of district completion anymore. I love that. I love that they took that aspect out because that was frustrating in the first game, having to wait for crimes to spawn in. So you could 100% each district and having to do like 15 crimes in a district. That was annoying. And I'm glad that they didn't go. They didn't go down that road, that road, the side content, Kyle ends up being just as addicting as the main story itself.
0: Yeah, dude, some of the side content was very, very heavy. Like, Howard's mission? Oh, man, dude. But that side mission with the flame, the ending to that, I saw that shit today right before I platinum the game. Holy shit. The carnage reveal was insane. And I don't know if they're setting that up for DLC, Or if we're going to see him in the next game. But what I do know is we have quite a bit of a void to fill. Because there were some characters. There were some villains that got killed off in this game. That we know aren't going to be showing up. I mean, they didn't show up in this game. Because like, when we were at the zoo, we obviously you know, we saw the monitors with different, uh, Spider-Man villains tech, like there were Vulture's wings, and there was Electro's suit, uh, we obviously saw Craven kill Scorpion, but I'm assuming Electro and, or, or yeah, I'm, ass- I'm assuming that, you know, Vulture and them, I'm, I think they're dead, and yeah. they're not coming back, um, Another one that I thought was a little weird, though, that we found out today was hidden off-screen, is there... Now, this could be set up for DLC, though. We might be seeing this in DLC, so this might be a little bit of a spoiler. I'm not sure, but somebody modded the game so that way they could go out of bounds. They found a placard with Rhino's head on it. And there are a couple of other... I need to look more into all of, like, who's on those placards, because there are a couple of others. But the main one is Rhino... Which I think is really weird that he was, you know, killed and not. we weren't told about it happening. Like, it's okay, they were killed off screen. We didn't need to see Craven kill every single one. I think having those, you know, those monitors and the tapes at the, what was it, the zoo? Yes.
1: um,
0: Having those was just enough. Seeing him kill Scorpion, I was like, holy shit, he means business. But... The Rhino thing was, it's very weird to me. I, I don't understand why they wanted to hide that unless you're going to see that in DLC. But yeah, he's dead too. So I'm excited for the next game to see what all villains we're getting because Rossi and I were talking earlier, there are some big names that we still haven't seen yet that could potentially be villains for the next game.
1: Well, and there's also, you know, as we kind of dive into the story a little bit, there's other villains that we see in this game that the way their story kind of ends off, it's like, you know, I don't think they're done with them just yet. You know, a big example is Mr. Negative. Mr. Negative's story kind of, and I loved this, I loved this thread. I loved this, this kind of redemption arc for him where, you know, Miles spends a lot of the game, you know, kind of with this thought of revenge in his head because after all, Mr. Negative did kill Jefferson Davis in the first game. Kind of, you know, so that kind of drives Miles to want to go after Martin Lee. And, and we end up seeing, you know, them help each other escape from Craven's camp. And then we kind of just see Martin Lee. We don't really see, like, where he ends up afterwards. But we know that he's got seemingly better intentions. It seems like he has a better, you know, kind of a better hold on his powers. And a better hold on himself mentally. And that's really interesting. Another one that was interesting is Mysteria. Because, especially the way they wrap up that side arc, you know, I can't remember what the exact line is. It's one of my, it's a great, great line, though. I need to look it up here in a second whenever I go to Matt next so I can get the exact line. But when you wrap up the Mysteriums, which I thought were an awesome bit of side content as well, you know, you enter this line, you know, I think I was playing as Miles at the time, and he has this line of, you know, can I tell people that Mysterio is a good guy now? And Quentin Beck looks at him and goes, Mysterio will likely always be a villain, just like Spider-Man will always likely be a hero. But that's because people judge the mask, not the person behind it. Yeah. And I loved that. I love that because, again, that sets up for Mysterio to potentially come back in the future. That sets up for him to come back. And now under which role? Who knows? Because it looks like they're trying to go this reformed route where he's not necessarily just big evil Mysterio now. So I think that there are some villains that are in some interesting spots. I think, Kyle, you mentioned with the Flame and the Carnage tease. That is awesome. I love Carnage and think that he's great. And then the big one, it looks like Spider-Man 3. It looks like the Big Bad is 100% going to be Green Goblin and or Hobgoblin. Oh, yeah. And that is something I cannot wait for. So there, there are some big names we've seen. We also meet Chameleon for the first time. We have not seen him yet. And it's also very made very clear that whatever happens in Spider-Man 3, it's very likely that Otto Octavius is going to play a big role as well. So considering I believe that he and Martin Lee are the only surviving members of the Sinister Six in this universe now, at least based on what we've seen. I mean, obviously DLC could you know change some things and we might get confirmation that Vulture and Electro actually escaped somehow, and they're not dead. But based on everything we know, it looks like there's only two surviving members of the Sinister Six. Um, Worth pointing out, and this is something that a friend of mine who just recently played Miles Morales for the first time pointed out, I would not be surprised if Finn returns at some point. And the reason I say that is, sure, the the end of Miles Morales makes it look like she dies, we don't ever see a body. And typically what that means in all forms of media, you don't see a body. That typically means they ain't dead. So it's a very interesting conspiracy theory. I, I would doubt that that, I think that she probably is dead, but I don't think it would shock me if they, that there was more they had to do with her. And she ends up making a return in the third game as well. But, Getting into the story, Matt, what, what were some story beats that stuck out to you? I feel like the opening mission in this game, like, the boss fight with Sandman is like final boss of a game level oh, boss yeah. fight. Like, that's an incredible start to this game.
2: Oh, yeah. PlayStation 5 now has two games where the beginning is just these giant boss fights with Final Fantasy 16 and now Spider-Man 2. Um, but, yeah, the what I... Uh, say about the story so far is i like the subtly like how the simple life of how it starts off you know um peter is you know struggling to you know keep balance between his life as peter parker's life as spider-man you know so he gets a job working as a teacher at miles's high school and you know that obviously it's not going to work out well for them because marco is you know aka sandman is going off in midtown new york city and just completely wrecking the place, and then that starts off the act. The, the fantastic set pieces here that they set up uh, with Miles and Spider-Man swinging to you know downtown New York, and finding out you know, Sandman is absolutely huge. The scale of these boss battles—it just shocked the hell out of me. It looks so beautiful. The uh, like the PlayStation Five architecture here was was put to you know it, its its ability, and Insomniac just not praise them enough for how well that they understand, you know, the power of the the, the consoles that they're developing for. Um, But outside of just the big boss fights, what I love about the story in this game is that, you know, this is all in all, you know, peter Parker's story but i love the fact that they don't solely focus on just peter but we get plenty of miles too especially when their storylines interact with one another but they also have their own thing going on which is something i was curious to see how they would handle that when you have two big important heroes and they're both spider-man they both have the same powers here minus you know miles having the electric abilities to go along with what he already has Um, But they did so well here with Peter's struggles with, you know, his relationship with Mary Jane his, his you know, still coping with the loss of Aunt May and, you know, now dealing with the fact that Harry Osborn, what was saved and is no longer so sickly anymore. And we'll get more to that in here a little bit later. And then also with Miles still dealing with his revenge against, you know, Martin Lee after losing his father to him, but also, you know. Again, dealing with his personal relationship with his friend, Genki, and then his love interest, Haley, and then his mom as well. They really blended it together, and it just came off so natural.
1: Yeah, this game balances a ton of different storylines. At least it does if you choose to play as Miles Morales, unlike Kyle did, where he tried to play the entire game as Peter Parker. Um, I I have to say, Kyle said one of the funniest things earlier. And I, I don't think that I, I don't think I think this would go down as a top five funniest side mission thing. We're playing the game, right? And he's working on the platinum, and he finishes all the Peter Parker suits, and he just gleams into like and goes, "Fine, I guess I'll get Miles's suits now." <laughs> And it was hysterical. Like, it was one of the funniest things he says. Okay, if, if I have to.
0: I just didn't play uh-huh. as Miles as much. Okay, cause... Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You play I, The game, I feel like, was a lot more focused on Peter Parker. While they did a great job, like Matt, said, of balancing the story between Miles, between Peter, um, I think that brings in a really, really interesting conversation about endgame shit. And about where we're going for the future, because obviously, oh, man,
2: you want to go that far already.
0: Yes, I do, because we have a lot to talk about there. Because man, we clearly know they are not done with Norman. They're bringing yeah. him back. There, the amount of Green Goblin references in this—I mean, there is a whole graffiti-like uh like art on the side of a building of Norman's face with the goblin horns, and he's, like, breathing fire. That sh- I was like, it is so in your face. There's a lot of times, especially during the end cutscene, where Norman is wearing a green suit, or in the end scene, he's wearing a green sweater vest. They're bringing us Goblin. I think I think we're absolutely getting Goblin in the next game, and the teases in this game were fantastic. Um, but the way that they took out Venom I think was a little interesting because like he I don't I don't think he's coming back the the symbiote looks dead and I know that when this game initially released Insomniac talked about how if fans wanted a Venom game they would make one now after playing the game I don't understand how exactly that would work because Venom I think is gone I think he's dead uh harry osborne is still very much alive but they killed the symbiote i i think that the next game is going to be a spin off like we had of miles morales i don't think it's going to be a venom game though i think they're going to take another direction to set up for the third game
1: yes and we can, we'll, we'll obviously get to that because that's obviously, the, the end credit scene is a massive, massive reveal. Yes. Especially if you are a, a deep, deep Spider-Man lore fan. This is, it's a big, big reveal for, and it, again, like you said, I think it hints at what they're going to do in the future. A, a lot of people were saying, oh, well, you know, the next Spider-Man game might, you know, be in 2027. I was like, nah. I think if we're lucky, we're lucky if it comes out by 2027, if they set up what they want to set up. Yeah. But, no the teases are great because you see there's a tease with Deadpool. With what what's her name? Blind Al. Is that her name in the um friendly neighborhood request. Is that what her name is? The blind woman that you help out?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, Blind Alma. It, it, I think her name was just Alma, but it's Alma. it's very obviously Blind Al. Yes.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> it kinda kinda hints at her, and that's a great, great side quest. I love that. Um we also do get, I think, somewhat of a tease. And I think we always believe this. I've always believed that Wolverine would likely take place in the same universe. Yeah, And we get a tease there with the Wolverine suit that miles can get at one point. So there's that there's obviously the tease, the carnage with the flame. And a- again, I feel like there are a lot of interesting places. Now I will say one thing we have learned about symbiotes. There's a lot of them. So I do think that if they're going to use venom again, I do think they're going to have to be creative with how they do it. However, they certainly are not short on any symbiotes and there's certainly a lot that they can do with that moving forward, I believe. Matt, you said you had something to add.
2: Uh, yeah, on the, the addition of what we think we're going to see in a future Spider-Man game, let's also not forget that uh, ending with Miles meeting the man that his mother is dating and his daughter, I actually <laughs> yeah, did a little
1: bit of research. We're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna get to that. That's the big, that's the big reveal we're going to get to. We're going to get to that later. Oh, okay. My, my bad. <laughs> Love the enthusiasm. Love the enthusiasm. We're going to get to that in a bit. Um. Oh, there was one other big reveal, Kyle, that we can talk about. When you turn in all the Spider-Bots and you get a name drop <laughs> of Miguel O'Hara. And that is a big, big name that I hope we see in Spider-Man 3. For anyone who doesn't know, obviously that's Spider-Man 2099. And his portrayal in Across the Spider-Verse was phenomenal by Oscar Isaac, and I cannot wait to see the payoff of that tease as well because, again, Miguel O'Hara is a massive, massive character in Spider-Man lore. In the Spider-Man comics, he's a massive figure, so they're certainly, they are taking full advantage of everything they can. What this tells us, Kyle, is that this absolutely is connected to the Spider-Verse, and the Spider-Verse in this universe is absolutely real. And
0: I love that. Yeah, I, I honestly, that yeah, shit blew my mind when I saw that portal open. I was like, I, right, I know what that is. And then we looked. at... I love how they kept the animation too. That shit was so. And and the look of the comic book, you know, and like how they did in the movies. I, I thought that whole cameo was genius because we obviously saw, uh, in. Uh, across the Spider Verse, we saw Insomniac's Spider-Man make a cameo, so it was only fair that we got to see Sony's, uh, you know, Spider Verse in this game. Um, but yeah, man, the ed- The the second after credit scene, which there are- there are two. Uh, the first one is just Norman talking to Doc Ock. Yes, but the second one what?
1: introduces. I
0: got- I- We're all
1: excited. We're all excited, so we can go ahead and get into this. We're all excited. Let's go ahead and get into
0: it. It introduces Cindy Moon, Silk Spider, who I think is going to be the focus of the next spinoff. It's going to be Miles teaching Silk how to become or how to use her powers because she, in the comics, got bit at the same time as Peter Parker, but she wasn't able to control her powers until much later, and. In this game, it looks like she's significantly younger. She's definitely not Peter Parker's age. So Insomniac might be changing some characteristics of her, which I don't mind because, you know what? It's their game. It's their story. A lot of what they've done has not been, you know, uh, a comic storyline. It's original, and I like it. There are comic beats that they hit, which are cool references, but... This is a whole new Cindy Moon. It's going to be a whole new Silk Spider. I mean, this Miles Morales isn't anything like the comic Miles Morales. He's not anything like the the Spider-Verse Miles Morales. This is Insomniac Miles Morales. I'm excited to see their take on Silk Spider. Because in the third game, we could be playing as a female Spider for the first time. Switching between Peter Parker, Miles Morales, and Cindy Moon. That would be epic. And it's it's something we saw in GTA 5. Switching between yes. three characters simultaneously during a story has been done, and done very well.
1: With lesser technology. Much lesser. lesser. Yeah, technology. that was
0: Xbox 360, PS3 days. When that came out, I mean, now I I think that they definitely played it safe in having you only switch between two characters in this game, and I think that's great because they didn't throw too much at you. They didn't try to introduce too much. There were a lot of characters from the first game that they kind of, you got to see how their arcs planned out, like Tombstone, like Mysterio, like Mr. Negative, the way that they... Wrapped things up while also opening up, you know, new storylines and making new questions. It was done very well, and I think that introducing Cindy Moon during this story would not have been good. I think saving her for the next game or for the spinoff is a fantastic idea.
1: Well, it's one of those that, like, how they introduced Miles and how they introduced his powers... They obviously didn't allow for his powers to kind of steal the spotlight in the first game because they obviously had their plans for getting him his own spinoff title, getting him his own spotlight, obviously, and he shines here. Najee Jeter puts is does an incredible job voicing Miles Morales here as well. He's been great in all three games, but in this game particularly, it feels like he almost steals the show. Like, he is excellent as Miles Morales, so that's worth pointing out as well. I think that what I love and maybe I'm a sucker for just good writing like this. You mention it not really being a comic book story and all that. I like that villains are redeemable. I like that. I like that they are they are actually working to redeem villains like Tombstone's a great example, you know, he he's leading a normal life just working a job at Tony Island. And you now he gets kind of gets kind of wrapped up. Craven wants to hunt him, and we'll talk about Craven because I just realized we're deep into this episode and we've not said a single word about Craven yet, um, but. I like that. I like that he's trying to create a new life. I like that Mysterio trying is trying to create a new life. I like that Martin Lee is learning how to control his powers a little bit. It all makes it so much more interesting because you really don't know where the story will go. Even Flint Marco, despite the fact that you know early in the game he ends up being a villain, by the end of it, you kind of understand why he was doing what he was doing. He did it because of Craven. Craven ultimately blackmailed him into attacking the city like that so that he could be, you know, part of this big hunt. And he didn't really, wasn't really given a choice because he threatened his family. So I like that villains are redeemable. That's really, really interesting. And I hope they continue down that path because I feel like it just makes the story a lot more interesting when you don't know where it's going to go. Now, let's talk a little bit about Craven, Matt, because uh, the game does something really interesting in that it kind of follows the same beat that uh, the first Spider-Man game did, where it starts you off with, okay, you've got one clear and present big bad threat. In the first game, it was Martin Lee. It was Mr. Negative. And then about halfway to 60% through, it shifts that over to Otto Octavius to Doc off. Here, it starts out, and Kraven is your big bad. And then in a surprising twist, or a eh, kind of surprising twist, you, you know, certain information you find out may be kind of makes it not so surprising and makes it more of a a good well wrapped up arc um when venom is introduced and harry is fully overtaken by the symbiote venom and craven fight and venom kills craven off i do want to say that while some people might be frustrated by that i thought it made sense and i thought that while he was in this game i thought craven was a phenomenal lead villain
2: I'm going to add on to that with the fact that I like the fact that, in a way, Craven himself did create the venom that we see in the game due to, uh, you know, after, you know, Spider-Man and him go at it and they have their big fight, you know, Craven figures out what, you know, the black suit spy's weakness is, which is the sound of, like, any high screeching, like the bells in the church that they were at. Um, So, you know, he, he basically did weaken Peter, and when they actually got into the big fight, you know, he goes in and he basically he stabs him and the blade ends up cutting off. And, you know, Ben or Craven being the hunter he is, that's just no ordinary knife. <laughs> I was gonna say that's no ordinary knife. <laughs> um but I like the fact that, you know, I actually thought for a moment, our there's no way we're actually gonna kill Peter Parker, right? Like there's no way. But you know, Harry, you know, gave him the the, the symbiote, the black suit and or not the but, but yeah. The, the black suit and everything, and um, save you know it saves his life. So I I really like the fact that it all led up to that moment, and that in a way, you know, Craven, his whole entire you know thing is he is looking for his rival. He's looking for someone who can give him a fight, which is his whole thing, which is why he's hunting down all the villains as he wants to find just that perfect fight that we're because you know we find out later in the story that Craven actually has was it cancer? It was a uh, it was something that was killing him and his whole thing was, you know, he wants to die doing what he loves, which is fighting, which is hunting. Um, so I really thought that that was a great uh, way, you know, build up and then conclusion. Whereas you said, a lot of people were not happy with the whole segment uh, where, you know, venom kills him, but I thought it was great. It was a really good tie in and ending to Craven's story. He found the match. That it was, and then we got to finally get to the next, you know, big part of the game, which is, you know, venom. And, um, yeah, I think, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I said, yeah, you're good. I also just wanted to add for us who did the them so we don't know the side story, we get to find out a little bit more about Craven's family. And the fact is, they all just basically kill each other. <laughs> I was like, wow, this family is fucked up.
1: <laughs> yeah, you think your family got issues, bro, play this game. Play this game if you think your family has issues. I, uh, I I loved the way his arc wrapped up. Because as you mentioned, I mean, finding out at some point that, oh, so he's actually dying and he just doesn't... He sees dying to cancer as this weak death and he wants to die a warrior, you know? Right. And, and sure, I mean, the, intense, the intent behind his actions is not good. But I do want to say that there's part of that that I can at least understand from his point of view of. He's this big bad hunter that has, you know, always... He's been an elite hunter and he's never had a prey that's been able to elude him. But one thing I like, and I, the only thing I like about it is you can kind of understand like, okay, he's dying. He knows he's dying. He just wants to die. a Warrior. Just wants to, just wants to die in battle. You kind of understand that. Obviously what he does is super evil. There's no, there's no, no denying that. But I, I like that. Again, the way they wrote him, you kind of understand it. You understand why he is the way he is, why he does the things he does. So, I thought, interesting enough as well, you know, we were told ahead of time that Venom was not going to be Eddie Brock. And I think for anybody that paid attention to the marketing of this game, I think it was probably pretty obvious a mile away that Harry was going to be, ultimately, was going to be Venom. Yeah, facts. And I think kind of that descent into madness for Harry, as you see, you know, him his reliance on the symbiote, because early on, that's the only thing that's keeping him alive. That's the only thing from keeping him from being super sick again and from dying. You see that reliance on it. And then when it's taken from him, when it attaches to Peter, when Peter looks like he's dead. All of a sudden, you kind of see that this this, you know, this side of Harry where he's like, yeah, it's pretty great. Now give it back. He kind of has this addiction to it now. And I liked, again, that descent into madness, Kyle. I feel like it's one of those things you see it coming a mile away, but it just it makes you cringe because you see what's happening and there's yeah. nothing you can do to stop it.
0: Especially, you know, one, one thing um, about the whole symbiote attaching to Peter section that I thought was phenomenal was the part where you play as MJ in the tunnels because they yes. nailed the horror aspects That shit was scary. And also, can we talk about how MJ was the worst character to play as in the first game? And they said, all right, this time we'll give her a stun gun.
2: Yeah, it was better. uh, They said, we'll
1: turn her into a full cover shooter.
2: Third person (laughs) cover shooter.
0: (laughs) I I actually didn't mind playing as her in this game. Now, the, the amount of characters that you played in this game is wild granted the only two permanent characters you can switch between are miles and peter you get to play as mj as well you get to play as venom which was one of the best parts of this fucking game and uh you get to play as miles's new girlfriend um what was her name
1: Haley. Haley.
0: yeah which that was also a really cool section of the game. I thought that it was really interesting how they kind of put you in her shoes, and yeah. they deafened all the sounds to really make you feel like you are playing as her character. It, that was that was a cool beat, and it was just a side mission. But like the side missions in this game really did hit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that side mission playing as Haley and I know Matt probably felt really included because of oh, that. He felt seen oh <laughs> I
2: was actually gonna say <laughs> He's like I feel seen and heard by but... <laughs> I'll be honest, I thought, I thought something happened to my audio. I was like, I know I'm hard of hearing, but come
1: <laughs> on. <laughs> but no, I'm with you in that the side stories, man, like, they all hit. And like all the problems that I had with, like, the MJ and Miles sections in the first game didn't have those problems here because getting spotted wasn't just an automatic fail. You didn't lose immediately, and I liked that. I liked that it gave you a way to defend yourself. It made those sections a lot more enjoyable to play as. Um, I think that when you look at the story as a whole and the way it wraps up, there are some interesting things that they can do moving forward. For one, I'm interested to see how Wolverine, if it does at all, I'm interested to see if it ties in whatsoever to these games, because I think it's pretty safe to say this is probably going to take place in the same universe being made by Insomniac. There's the Wolverine suit at one point that you can get. I don't feel like that's done for no reason. I feel like that's done for a very specific reason. I feel like that's absolutely going to take place within the same universe. But we'll have to see on that. Obviously, Cindy Moon, I think they're absolutely hinting at her getting a standalone and then her being a playable character in Spider-Man 3, which that's going to have to just be a massive game at this point because so many characters to balance, a lot of villains that we've yet to see yet. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of interesting things that are teased. What were y'all's favorite moments as the story wrapped up? What were some of y'all's favorite moments that stuck out? Matt, I'll let you go first, and then Kyle, you can wrap us up.
2: Um, so one of my favorite moments in this game is when Peter and Miles are keeping an eye on the raft, when they're bringing out the villains and craving attacks for like the first time. And, you know, you get to that section with the, uh, with the ship and then, you know, it's, you know, crashing and, and hanging, wrecking into the docks. And then Miles, I think this is a really fantastic moment for him is, you know, basically looking at the cell cube that, uh, Martin Lee is in. And, you know, Peter's right here trying to stop this this giant propeller from basically demolishing, like, a good portion of all the people that were on the dock. And um, Miles is basically just fighting those inner demons. He's like, I basically have Martin Lee right here. I, I can't just walk away from this. But Miles knows he's Spider-Man. He knows that he has a responsibility to the people and, you know, being the hero that he knows he is. So I do like the fact that we kind of got that moment before, you know, the final conclusion where um, Miles comes to terms with it. And uh, on that whole subject, I love the fact that he tells Marley, "I will not forgive you." But what was it he said? I know Ross, what you're
1: talking about. He, he, he talked about not being able to forgive him, but he exactly. also wasn't going to. But Spider Man's also not a killer, so he's exactly. not going to kill him. So no, I agree. Exactly. I think that's a. I think that's a great, great moment. Miles, we see a lot of growing up from him in this story. It's a real coming of age oh, story for him. Great. I feel. Um, and again, Najee Jeter's great. Yuri Lowenthal's phenomenal as Spider Man as well. I feel like the entire cast. Does a really, really good job. Love Tara Platt. We haven't even talked about Yuri returning as Wraith, which, I mean, that's hinted at in the DLC in the first game, so not a huge surprise. Uh, Wasn't a huge fan of, like, her hair design, necessarily, but (laughs) Yuri as Wraith, I feel like, is a really, really cool addition to this game. Uh, Kyle, a moment that stuck out for you. What what, what was one that you really loved?
0: When I did a finisher as Venom, and he picked someone up and bent that (laughs) motherfucker backwards... I said, oh, he's dead. That was my favorite part of the game because I was like, holy shit. Venom just killed that guy and I started doing finishers on everybody. I said, it's the only time I'm going to get to kill somebody in a Spider-Man game. Every single person I fought with Venom died.
2: <laughs>
0: Dude, I'm i, mean, I telling I you, it. when I saw him pick him up, I was like, oh, what's he doing? And then he just bent him backwards and you hear his spine crack. I was like, oh, he did not just do that. That was brutal. <laughs> oh, man, that shit was so cool. I'm not going to lie. I would have really liked a Venom game, but I think that having you play as him for just the section that you, I think it worked perfectly. It was such a fun part. I mean, there's nobody that's going to play this game and say that they hated that other than Matt.
1: I agree. Well, other than the people on Twitter that are trying to gaslight me and to call this game mid,
0: that's not happening. Whoa! <laughs> Starfield fans.
2: I mean, I've seen plenty of bugs, but, you know, it's, it's, there's literally insects in the game. That <laughs> is true.
0: This game did have some bugs, but there were none that a fresh reboot of the game wouldn't fix, and I didn't yeah. run into a single game-breaking bug. My game crashed once, that was it. Um, but There were some times when, like, icons on the map wouldn't load properly. I had to just refresh my game. Or, like, uh, you know, I'd I'd get stuck somewhere, so I just have to reload the last checkpoint. Um, But other than that, this game was very polished.
1: Oh, yeah, Yeah. I agree. I I think the game, really, really, in today's day and age, again, I'm glad that this game came out and was ready to go. I mean, some of the bugs that happened, I mean, I'm sorry. If you're taking a bike into an area where you're not supposed to have a bike and the game breaks, you were looking to try to break the game at that point. Like, that's not the game's fault, necessarily. That's you being a moron. Riding a bike in a game called Spider-Man. 2.
0: Literally.
1: (laughs) Imagine imagine thinking, yeah, that's what I need to do is I need to go ride a bike. I need to go ride a bike into an area when I don't have to do that whatsoever. I think that's just (laughs) stupid. But... The moment that I stuck out, it stuck out to me, and it's such a minor moment. I feel like in retrospect, but it's a, a great, great story when you have the symbiote suit, and this is when Miles is missing, and you're playing as Peter, and you go to Rio's office, and you know she says that she's going to just call the call the cops or whatever, and Peter kind of snaps at her and goes, yeah. "I will find him," and all that, and he uh, she gives she's got this great line of dialogue that's you know. All he talks about is wanting to be a better Spider-Man. Not about his friends, not about school, not about college, about this. So you go and you find him. You find my son and you make sure he's okay. And I loved it because it felt very real. And that felt like the first moment of somebody getting through to Peter when he was under the influence of the symbiote. It felt like the first moment... That somebody was able to actually get through to him a little bit, and I'm not gonna lie. When he snaps at her, that little look she gives him for a split second, she was about to whip off her sandal and smack the oh,
2: fuck yeah, out of him. Facts.
1: <laughs> she was about to whip that sandal off and smack the shit out of him. So,
2: <laughs>
1: like Spider Man, Spider Man is he may be tough against a lot. He ain't gonna be tough against a uh, against a chunk claw, but. Uh, <laughs> but now this game is phenomenal. I can't wait to see what Insomniac does. And and the last thing I want to say on it before we call it an episode: to all the people out there that say that you don't feel like Spider Man in this game and that's your big criticism, I would love to know what game you played because you just might not need to give a single critical thought about video games ever if you did not feel like Spider Man in this game. So <laughs> that's all I'll say about it. I think this game is Game of the Year. Kyle thinks it's Game of the Year. Matt's still stuck on Zelda, but. <laughs> But I think that this game—it's safe to say—this game is going to rank pretty high on uh, on the side mission top ten for sure. So that is going to wrap up this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. You can follow us as well on as well on Facebook at Side Mission Podcast. For the boys, for Kyle Lynch, for Matt Beck, I'm Rusty Ellis. Thanks for listening you <laughs>